Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. If you would like to join us in scripture today, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. This week we're, we're starting a new sermon series. And the success or the failure of this sermon series in our lives, the impact of this sermon series is not going to be found on Sunday mornings. Um, it's not going to be found in my ability to deliver it to you. It's not going to be found in your ability to receive it and be like, I was so blessed by your words this morning. That's great and that's good and that's wonderful. But if it's going to be inf- impactful, where it's going to make the difference in our lives is when we leave the building. That, that you, you, you can receive this, but where it's going to matter is what you do with it at like 12.06. Well, maybe not. It's a little later. Maybe 12.16 today by the time we're all done. But by the time we leave today, what difference is this going to make in your life from not when the service ends, or not till the service ends, but once the service ends? It's going to be something that's going to mean something. You're going to have to take this and deal with what we're going to be talking about through the week. It starts here, but if we leave it here, then it's not going to have the impact it needs to have. Over the next couple of weeks, as you may be able to guess from the slide behind me, um, we're going to be talking about prayer. And we're going to specifically be talking about the kinds of prayers we pray. We're going to look at different moments in Scripture, different, different times in, in, throughout the Bible where, where someone would, would speak to God, where someone cries out to God, where, where someone prays. And we're going to look at the content of, of what it is that they said and then challenge us to say the same thing. Challenge us in our lives to look at what someone in the Bible said and say, now, I want to say that in my life, too. Or challenge you to be willing to say, in my life, I'd like to say that, too. And the series is called Dangerous Prayers. Not, not because, you know, we're, we're treading on poor theology. Or, or not because they're going to, they're bad words to say. Or what, but they're dangerous prayers because they're the kind of prayers that when you pray them, God might answer them. And if God answers them, our lives are going to change. If God answers them, our perception is going to change. If God answers them, the story of our life might change. If God answers them, things about who I am and what I'm doing in my life might change. If God answers them, I might have to go back to Lori and say, is there still room for me on that missions trip? Things might change in our lives if we pray these prayers. They're prayers of faith, prayers of commitment, prayers of hope, prayers that will challenge us, prayers that as they reflect our hearts can open us up to God 
in ways we maybe had never thought about before. And as we look at the Bible, we can see so many times that, that people would do what we would call prayer. That it may not look like what we would call prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. That it may not look like that, but it was people's hearts crying out to God. We can see these different times when people spoke to God. They, they prayed about things that were incredibly personal. To, to, to conceive a child. To, to deliver them from temptation. For God to forgive them for the wrongs that they've done. That they expressed all kinds of emotions. Joy. Anger. Hope. Hopelessness. Sadness. Frustration. Worship. And praise. People prayed when their hearts were in all kinds of places. They, they prayed for big things. Like, God save our country. They prayed for, for big things. God, come and work in our world. And they prayed for practical things. They prayed for food. They prayed for provision. They prayed for escape from their enemies. Sometimes the prayers seemed as if it was a gentle whisper to a loving God. And other times they yelled at God in frustration and agony. But whatever they prayed... Their prayers were desperate, fiery, gutsy, and real. But for so many of us, our prayer life can, can mostly consist of asking God to keep us safe and to bless our burger and fries. And, and maybe you can relate to that. Now, this isn't any kind of form of condemnation to say that if that's your prayer life, oh, you don't believe in the power of prayer. No, that's, that's not the case. I, I know that we believe in the power of prayer. If you believe in Jesus, you believe in the power of prayer because you had to pray in order to get there. But sometimes our prayer lives can get stuck in a rut. We can end up praying about the same things and the same requests in the same way at the same time with the same words. When, if, if we remember to even pray at all. We probably know that we should pray more with more passion, with more faith. We know we want to talk to God and we, we want to listen to Him and to share an intimate conversation like you would share with your best friend, with, with your spouse, with your mother or father, with, with somebody close to you. That's what I want. But sometimes it's just that we don't know how. That, that what's been modeled for us for our whole life can be, dear Jesus, thank you for today. And we don't know what it means to, to really enter into that kind of prayer life. But see, we were, we were created to be passionate. And, and we were created to be powerful. And, and we are charged as followers of Jesus with changing the world. And we have to pray. And we have to pray dangerous prayers in order for us to be able to get to where we need to be those things. 
And I believe that these next few weeks will encourage you to, to, to take a step beyond maybe what your regular prayer life would look like. And, and maybe step beyond maybe even some of the ideas of what you have in your mind about what it means to pray. And it will inspire us to, to pray powerful prayers and to live out boldly because of it. They're dangerous prayers for a couple of reasons. First, like I said, God just might answer them. That I, I, I might pray these things and God might say, okay. But when our prayers consist of things like, search me, God. Break me, God. Send me, God. And we know that God just might answer those prayers. That can be scary. God, break my heart for what breaks yours can be a scary prayer because all of a sudden our heart's going to break for stuff it didn't before. God, search me can be scary because God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so it can be a dangerous thing, but it's going to be a good thing. When we ask God to work in our lives and he comes in and begins to work, that can be a, a painful process, a scary process, a life-changing process. And it may be harder than, than we think that it might be. And second, the other reason why this can be dangerous, and this is just cards out on the table for you. Being in a rut in our prayer life is exactly where the enemy wants us to be. It's exactly where he wants. He wants your prayer life to be dull. He wants your prayer life to be something that just sits on the back burner and, oh, well, we're, we're going to pray for dinner and, and that'll be great. And so why that matters is because for you in your life, for me in my life, when I take a step forward and step out in my faith and say, God, I want to grow in this, the enemy doesn't just go, oh, that's great. Good for them. The enemy wants to see you fail. He doesn't want your prayer life to change. He doesn't want you to grow. And so... As we step out in faith and, and we look to grow, we may experience valleys, attacks, trials, pain, hardship, discouragement. And that comes with the territory of stepping out in faith at times. But it will be all worth it. Because in the face of what may be hard, there will also be the joy of faith. The marvel of miracles. The relief of surrender and the pleasure of pleasing God. And so, for our first dangerous prayer this morning, I, I want to start us out in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles and you've turned to Matthew chapter 6, or if you were, I think I said it at the beginning, and, but if you want to follow along, you can be in Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus' disciples come to him, and they say, would you, would you teach us how to pray? Well, what does prayer look like. And so Jesus gives a sample prayer to them. 
gives them the format of what prayer should look like. A prayer to show us how and what it, it should look like for us to pray. And the prayer that you may know, you've probably heard it called the Lord's Prayer. Um, it goes like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, not talking dangerous prayers, but just in general, one of the most dangerous things that can happen to us with, with passages like this, with parts of the Bible like this, is that we can become so familiar with these kinds of famous passages that they can almost become like nursery rhymes to us. That like, hickory dickory dock, the mouse ran up the clock, and then I'm sure something else, I don't remember the rest of it. But right alongside of that, it can be our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That these become almost like things we say, but we can become so familiar with them that it's almost like they lose their meaning, even though it, you know, we can objectively stand back and go, wait a minute, this is God teaching us how to pray to God. How amazing is that? But we can sometimes become almost like callous to that. We can say them so well and so often that we don't really allow what's being said to impact us. It's seemingly safe and innocuous. Every believer is introduced to this at some point, and it's even given to children as a starting point for prayer. But I want to highlight one specific thing that Jesus here teaches us to pray. That if we really allow our hearts to be shaped by what Jesus said here, it will change so many things about us. Specifically, I want to, to us to take a look at verse 10 today. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be be done. I can't count how many times I've gone to God in prayer and my prayer simply consists of all of my requests. How often my prayer is, Lord, I need you to do this. Lord, I need you to do that. Lord, would you do this? Lord, would you do that? And I can say it in flowery ways, but ultimately that's the heart of it. God, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. And I have a laundry list of tasks that I need him to take care of in my life. Now, let me be clear. That's not wrong. We, we read in the Bible where it will say, cast your cares on him. And so it's not wrong to answer that. It's not wrong to read in the Bible, cast my, so then I bring my cares to God and now you're telling me I shouldn't do that? No. It's good and it's right. And we're to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And so that's good and it's right to bring our needs to him, our worries to him, our fears to him, our requests to him. That's good and right and biblical and you are commanded to do that. But what can make these prayers dangerous a prayer that can change everything about our lives is God, your will be done in my life. 
to be honest, this phrase, your, your will be done, is one of the hardest to pray. Because I have a will. I, I have a way that I think things should go. And I feel pretty strongly I'm right. That, that I, I, when I pray be, that, that, God, would you do this? It's because I think God doing that thing is the right thing for God to do. That I, I'm not out here praying, God, would you, God, would you make Steve sick? I don't think that's the right thing to do, so I'm not praying that. And in fact, when Steve is sick, I will say, God, would you make, would you heal Steve? Because I think that's the right thing for God to do. I, I know how I want things to go in my life. But to pray, God, not my will, but yours be done, that means I got to give up control of my desires and plans. What I see as success and what I see as right. I tend to pray that God would make life go the way I want it to and in the timing that I want it to happen. But praying your will be done means that I'm placing my trust and belief in God and his plan above my own plan, above my own wants, above my own desires, above my own ideas, above my own understanding. See, I can say, God, I want this. But what if God doesn't want me to have it? I can say, God, I need you to do this. But what if God is saying, that's, that's not what I, I have for you. I have something else. And so to understand how to pray for God's will to be done. How, how do we do this? Okay, so, so if, if this is what it is, how do we do this? Well, we can go back and look at our text for today and look at the example that Jesus gives us when he teaches the disciples how to pray. pray praying God's will for our lives starts with the attitude in our hearts. As the Lord's Prayer begins in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus will tell us to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Different translation might say, Our Father in heaven, may, may your name be kept holy. Jesus tells us that where we start, where we begin to pray, where, where our hearts need to begin is by putting ourselves under the authority of, the, of, the, of his Father who is in heaven and declaring his holiness. When we pray, God, your will be done in my life, we need to be reminded of who he is. He is our Father in heaven who is sovereign over all things. Nothing is out of his reach. He's all-knowing, which should give us comfort. Because as much as I, I, I can tend to live my life like I am, objectively, I do know that I'm not all-knowing. I, I can, you know, most of us live our lives like we are all-knowing. I know what's right. I know in the grand scheme of eternity that this is what God should have. We, but God is really and truly all-knowing. 
And so that, that should give us some hope that, that he's not just flying by the seat of his pants, but he has a plan that's bigger and beyond us. He, he's not in the dark about what's going on with us. And as we learn more about who God is and as we become more confident in who he is and we learn to trust in the Lord more and more. In fact, the Bible will say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the, the, the thing that it juxtaposes against, the thing that it warns against is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That as we begin to trust in God more, as we learn who, who God is more, we don't grow in our own understanding. In fact, we learn to walk away from our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And as we learn how to trust in God, it can become easier to pray for his will in his lives. But it isn't just... Somehow, that, that this, is, this is the little disclaimer that we put at the end of our prayers. That, you know, that as we're praying, we pray, and then there's a little tiny asterisk, and then you move down to the bottom of the page, and there's like stuff in 0.5 size font, font at the bottom of the page that nobody ever reads, but we sh probably should. Um, but and then in, in little tiny font at the end of the prayer, it just says, oh, and by the way, terms and conditions apply. See below, terms and conditions, God, not your will, but mine. That, you know, oh God, I want you to do all of these things, not your will but mine, but I want you to do all of it, not your will but mine, but I want you to. It's not, it's not just that. But this isn't something that, that we just tag on to the end of our prayer. It's not something that we pray only once. But imagine for a second, for good or for bad, the change our life, and I, when I say bad, only in terms of Maybe what we want out of life. But imagine the change our lives could see if every day we decided to ask God what he wanted. And would start each day by praying, Lord, what is it that you need from me today? What, what, what is it that you have for me today? Not God, here are my plans. Would you bless them? But God... What is it that you need for me today? And as we go through the day, situations will come where we can take control. But here is something that may shake you a little. Here is something that may challenge, depending on your personality, you may be like, thank God. Or depending on your personality, you may say, I might need to find a new church. But control of our lives was never something we were promised. Control of our lives was never something we were promised. And so if we try to control everything in our lives, we're actually just carrying a weight we were never meant to carry. We're taking on a responsibility we were never meant to be responsible for. We were taking on a task we were never going to be able to successfully complete. We were never promised. God never said, and your life is your own. Do with it whatever you want. And if you need some help, come and I'll see what I can do to fall in line with you. 
That was never the promise that we were given. But I know I live like that. That I make plans and I go, okay, God, now would you bless my plans? But that's not what your will be done means. So instead, we can take a step back, take a moment and think about our situation, and then out of our hearts be able to say, not my will, but yours be done. Praying for the Lord's will to be done in our lives, it's, it's not about the words. It's not about that phrase, but it's the attitude of our hearts. And when we have the right mindset, it it gives us the ability to submit to what the Lord wants in our lives. And ultimately, this is a beautiful thing. Because it helps us grow in our relationship with him. and, And helps us to become more and more like Jesus. Because Jesus didn't just tell us things to do. He didn't just challenge others to leave their own wills behind. If we go to Luke chapter 22, we see that Jesus in Matthew 6 didn't just teach us how to pray, but we see Jesus' heart being what he told us our hearts should be. That we see Jesus practicing what he preached. In Luke 22, we read about a time where Jesus is praying to his father, where Jesus is talking to his father. And this is just a short time before all of the things that we just talked about last week went into play. This is just literally minutes or hours before Jesus is betrayed and arrested. And then the whole chain of events leading to his crucifixion start to take place. And just before all of this takes place, we start reading in verse 39 of Luke chapter 22, where it will say this. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. We we know from other gospels that he actually went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, that, that, That was the part of the Mount of Olives that he went to. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, Jesus said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Then Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed. We read this is what he prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Knowing what was ahead, Jesus asks his father, is there any other way? Then then, then Jesus, not just a regular disciple, not not just another person in the Bible, but this is Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. This is the son of God. He prays a vulnerable and dangerous prayer of submission. Yet not my will, but yours be done. See, Jesus doesn't ask us to do something that he's not willing to do himself. And he calls us to a life of faith, not a life of our own will. 
Instead of coming to him for a safer, easier, stress-free lifestyle, the Son of God challenges us, us, challenges us to risk ourselves by denying ourselves. Instead of focusing on our daily desires, he, he calls us to deny them for something eternal. Instead of living by what we want, he tells us to pick up our cross daily and follow his example. And so today I want to invite you to look at all the things going on in your life. And I know that's, that's a big thing. Now, I'm done. But to, to take stock of your life, take stock of what's going on in your life. Who are you? What are you? What does my life look like? And then to begin to view them and pray through them, your kingdom come, your will be done. I am a husband. God, would your will be done in my life as a husband? I'm a father. God, would your will be done in my life as a father? I'm a pastor of a church. God, would your will be done in my life as the pastor? I'm a friend. I, I'm all of these. That God, what does it mean for your will to be done in my life? And can we lay out all of our fears, concerns, and activities before the Lord and pray to have his will be done in each one? As you think about each thing that you're going to face today, tomorrow, and whenever, bring them all before the Lord and in prayer and give it to him. And let him have his way in every area of your life and over every one of your to-dos. Let him be God, and let's trust him to create something beautiful in our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we confess that at times we get things backwards. And, and we, we confess that at times in our lives we forget that it's not us and then you. At, at times, Jesus, we, we forget that it, it's not that God is there simply for us. And God, we want to recognize, we want to humbly recognize this morning that that you are Lord and you are King over our lives. God, that you, you have a plan and a will for each one of us. And God, we want to we pray and invite you to put yourself on the throne of our lives. That, that we would not somehow live our lives out of a me-first and we'll see what God can we see what we can fit in for God later. But God, may we humbly recognize that in everything we do, God, you have a will for us, for our lives, for our families, for our jobs, for our neighborhoods, for every for every part of who we are. God, you have a will for us. And God, I want to invite you to come and work in our lives today to help us to be able to, with all sincerity, with pureness of heart, God, with, with all meaning, 
would we be able to pray together, your will be done. God, would you help that to not just be a phrase we know, but God, may that be the cry of our hearts as we look to discover what it is that you have for us. And God, may we humbly be able to recognize that what you have for us is far better than what we have for us. And God, we just pray that your will would be done in our hearts. And as your will is done in our hearts, may your will be done in our lives. God, we look forward to you working through us, changing us, bending our wills to yours and allowing us to live out of a place where our first and best priority is the will of our Heavenly Father. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Sometimes we feel so lost we think we'll never be found. Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family, and that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca, or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on Contact Us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on Our Pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know His hope, know His purpose, and know His power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go. Running like a prodigal My mama praying every night that God would save my soul Even in the dark he never ever let me go I hit the wall face to face with the Holy Ghost Where would I be without God's good mercy? So let me tell you my testimony Someone praying for you every day Now that's amazing grace And we're singing like oh Don't give up, don't give up on the ones that you love We're singing like oh from hell.